Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. It's the round three lockout. The prices are about to change. These are when the corrective trades are extremely important to get right. Because it's so important, I've got one of the best minds for Supercoach on with me tonight. It's Pistol. How are you, champion? Oh, that was a great start. I appreciate that. I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm well, even better least, now. <laughs> at least you're not like JB that like pulls a prank on me at the very last minute and makes me seem like an idiot. Unless this is the prank and I'm not the greatest mind. <laughs> oh dear, I see what this has become. <laughs> You've seen right through oh, me. Classic Cheezo prank. <laughs> We've obviously seen uh, a really good match between the Crows and the Cats go down. A few interesting talking points from that. Obviously, TK's uh, Tim Kelly's injury, what did you make of that? That didn't look too good at all. Well, I'm not a doctor, so I'll wait and hear about uh, what happens in the next com- coming days. But if you did ditch Heaney and a lot of people decided to trade him, most people went the Tim Kelly route. At least he scored well, so we'll say that. He finished on, I think it was 107. So Yeah, 107. At least it was like at the end of the game. But if he's going to miss weeks now because of it, you're probably kicking yourself. Yeah, it it's interesting, in the presser they reported that it was an, an ankle injury, but the way that he got fell on during the tackle made it very seem like um, the, a medial ligament in his knee, which could have been a few more weeks out. So hopefully it's just a little bit of a uh, a bit of a stinger, maybe one week um, at worst. But um, he was, it, I, I think in the presser, um, Scott actually said that if they were desperate, they felt that they could have played him at the end of the game there, which is, you know, that's a, a good sign that they don't think it's that serious, but um, definitely one that we'll have to watch during the week, Pistol, because, as you say, a lot of people have gone from Heaney to, to Tim Kelly this week. Yeah, no, it's huge. And I think uh, the the Crouch brothers as well kind of, you know, arrived as, you know, this duo that seemingly is going to be a very potent scoring option um, for the rest of the season as long as they stay fit. And there's a little bit of conspiracy. I think it's all sparked by JB in the Slack channel that he thinks they must have each other in each other's super coach team because every time they get the ball, <laughs> they ignore everyone else and they're like, oh, where's big bro? Where's the little bro? I've got to give him the ball because they just feed it to each other. And the Matt Crouch hitting up Brad in the, the Ford 50 is just a, a perfect example of that. Well, uh, it was there wasn't any other option. In there. Oh, he there was options. The goal. He, he, he kick kicked it goal. to the one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fine. It worked out for them. Um, but <laughs> Look, but, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's something a little fishy going on. Are you, were you concerned with Led's start to this match? Only seven at quarter time. He obviously had 13 touches in the second quarter, so he recovered quite well, but did only end on an 84. Is this something we have to be worried about going forward? I mean, this is something that you and I highlighted in the preseason that I thought um, just the way that the rules might be implemented, it might affect him a little bit. And we did see him getting a lot of his touches kind of at a defensive wing position as he pushed up out of the defense line. He's not getting so many of those cheap um, kick-out possessions into the pockets uh, as we have seen in, in past years. So I agree that I think... Um, his scoring has just come down a little bit as a result of that. But I think he's the, the type of accumulator that will be able to bounce back from that. So I'm not overly worried, but um, you know, practice what you preach, uh, Pistol, as we say. And I didn't start with him because of that exact reason. I thought he was going to be impacted more than a lot of the others that do take uh, the majority of kickouts for their teams. But um, 84, did his best Brody Grundy impression from last week. Um, you wouldn't be overly thrilled, but it's better than... Um, 
uh, putting, you know, sub 50s out. So you can put up with it for the time being. And they've got a very good draw coming up as well, the Crows. Uh, they've got North, right. North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Saints, Fremantle all in a row. So four matches where you'd expect Laird to go 100 plus in. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that'll, that'll bump his average up and, um, you know, make it worthwhile. And because you've started with him, you don't have uh, to worry about the price drops because you, he's not a player that you're going to trade out if he loses price. So price should be irrelevant for you with Rory Laird. You should know that you're just keeping him for the rest of the season. However, someone um, in my books, I'm hoping that he has a couple more low scores so we can pick him up early as one of those upgrades. So uh, definitely one to look at. Pistol, we'll jump uh, into the Patreon shout-outs. We've got a couple new sign-ups since the uh, the Monday podcast. Will Crooks and Lockie Della. Uh, I think there's been a little bit of a mix-up there. I think, I'm think i pretty sure we've got Lockie Weller in the, uh, the, the Slack chat there, Pistol. I'm pretty sure you picked up on that. Yeah, it's not fooling me. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's close, but come on. <laughs> Great to have you in there, Lockie. Um, and the uh, the Cancer Council pistol, we've, uh, we'll run through that quickly as well before we get into the prize league. We've got three more donations. Uh, we've got Gunner with a season pledge whenever McLean outscores Dunkley. He's uh, supporting uh, the, pay, uh, the uh, Cancer Council. Lee finally uh, coming through with that, not putting an emergency on his uh, his bench selection when he's going for the loophole. Uh, we've also got Anonymous. Keep up the great work uh, from Anonymous. Uh, yeah. Their pistols. That, that, that's really good. Thank you for everyone that's uh, uh, a part of our journey in helping us um, raise money for cancer research. So um, that's fantastic, Pistol. Hey, uh, I'd just like to uh, for you to talk us through the prize league just before we announce some uh, um, some winners, just for those that may not know what we're talking about. So the prize league is the is the second top tier of our Patreon, where um, it's a monthly fee to enter into some leagues, and the sl- you get the Slack channel as well and everything um, under that. But the main draw card is of the prize league is you are in a league for prizes, um, monthly prizes, I should say. So once a month, the leading monthly score. Um, scorer will win a prize and the person there will be also one um, lucky prize which will be kind of randomly generated uh, through an online is it excel i think cheeser you've randomly uh worked it out in excel so there's no bias going in (laughs) unlike some rivalry teams am i right (laughs) look i've just picked up all my rivalry team players and just put them into (laughs) a a spreadsheet just to to run everything through that uh obviously the uh the top scorer for the the prize league was Cheezo. So <laughs> it uh, was it was Cheezo. You win a, the prize. <laughs> a fantastic. Uh, I've got a whole box of them here actually. So um, uh, I can't let on, let on too much there, Pistol. But I might just keep one for myself. Uh, <laughs> but we do have the top scorer in the um, the prize group, and that's Tony DVDA Cats. Uh, who top scored with four uh, four thousand four hundred and seventy seven, just a, a twenty three points behind Chizo, and he's ranked eight hundred and ninety fifth. So he's been going well. Uh, great for, um, for you, Tony. Congrats! Uh, and the lucky draw prize winner, where uh, we randomly generate it, pistol. There's no bias whatsoever. Uh, goes to Adrian Kellett. Perfect. Um, so, Boom. So there's our our two winners for the prize league, guys. Uh, we'll contact you um, in due course and. Get yep. details and stuff like that. But um, Pistol, we'll jump into some teams now because we do have some interesting topics to go through. I'll get you to go through. Uh, actually, I'll take the first one because it's got my boys on there. Melbourne and <laughs> SNM. We've got two changes on either side. We've got a uh, great story of the two brothers coming in together on the Melbourne side. Josh and Corey Wagner coming in for Tom Sparrow, who's been omitted, and Stephen May. And on the SN side of things, Kobe Much and Zach Clark. 
named at centre-half forward for Essendon with Mitch Brown omitted and Kyle Langford omitted, who have literally, it's, that was, you know, as an Essendon supporter, I'm really happy about that because they really weren't having the impact that I was hoping they would. Um, interesting that um, Marty Hoare is not named, Pistol. Yeah, so he's not just not on the interchange, but he's also not an emergency. So it's seemingly like he is nowhere near uh, that best 22 for D's at the moment, which means if you do have him, you're probably stressing a bit about what you should do. But there's not that many options, I think, Chizo. There's a couple, maybe um, Wilkie and uh, Rosie, but... Do you think either of those are actually worthwhile trades or would you rather just hold him until like a better option emerges? I think I'm holding horror at this stage. Not only do you get to loophole, so you do get some benefit out of that. I understand you're not generating any cash, so there's the um, the need to try and um, get some more cash generation going. Uh, but I just don't feel like the options that I've missed out on are essential. So um, I think we rattled off some names on the Monday podcast. If you don't have Dersma, um, if you didn't have Clark... Um, Scrimshaw. Or, or Scrimshaw. They were probably the three that we liked the look of. Um, Wilkie and Burgess... Uh, probably isn't worth a trade because I'm not sure they're going to be generating enough cash to make that that trade worth it because of how much we you know monetary value you you know um, a trade yeah yeah can, we kind of say is per trade Rose is what 190k so you have to find money to be able to go up to him which is uh, a difficult thing and it may even force you to make two trades just so you can get that that defender in so. Um, if you if you could do it in one trade, Chizo, you you had a hundred k in the bank, would you be making that trade? I think there's a lot of positives. I mean, if you've got more in the forward line and you don't already have a DPP swing, that would work. Um, he's also he's also averaging quite well, so he's going to make a little bit of cash this week. The problem is, I don't necessarily like the role that he has. He's playing a bit more forward, and I guess Port are winning, so he's going um, quite well. But as soon as they come up with, um, uh, you know they have a, a tight match. I just don't think he's going to be the type of player that's going to be accumulating a lot of the ball. Um, it, it's well, difficult to say because I, I think at his elevated price, it's going to be hard to make your money back unless he keeps averaging that 80 that he's got so far. Yeah, so as you said, 190K, you'd really need him to be pushing 65 at least. And I think in the part in the next month, so he's got Brisbane obviously this week, but after that they've got Richmond, West Coast, um, North Melbourne, Collingwood, Adelaide in a row, which so is that's a really tough one, isn't it? Tough five games. It eases up before the bye a little with um, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, and um, St Kilda. So you probably could make it through to the bye, but the issue is he's got the first bye round as well. So you, you probably if you make if you hold him to the bye, you probably using him you want to use him in rounds 13 or 14 or you're trading him at that round so it's kind of just an, an awkward team to pick an expensive rookie that you're going to have to cull later um in the season as well just because he also has that first way i find it a very awkward pick and with his role i'm not sure he can average 65 from here from this point onwards obviously he had a nice scoring game against carlton which has boosted it up a little so for me, I think I would just leave it and just wait because there generally is a good defender option that pops up You know, every season, a couple games in. I think Logan Austin last year was 
a very good generator as well. So I think I'd be waiting for one of those rather than using a trade now on, on somebody and having to pay an extra 80k for them. Sure. And obviously, if you've got more, maybe some DPP work to get a, a Parker or a Setterfield, if you've missed one of those, um, could work. Or you could do what I'm doing at the moment, which is choosing to loop him until um, we find better options. Uh, I guess so with Essendon, it's important to note that Jordan Ridley didn't get named. Um, so that's 230k sitting on your bench if you do have him. Uh, Pistol, what do you think we should do with Ridley? I think it's uh, my personal opinion is that we should be moving him on to... Uh, he's someone that we can kind of generate cash with because he's more expensive than anyone that we're looking at bringing in. Yeah, I have no issues with people wanting to trade him. He, he's not in the best 22 at the moment, which is very unfortunate because he, he looks a good player. But yeah, what what can you do? You're not really going to bench someone at this price every single week and hope that he gets a game here and there. You may as well just trade him down and take take the extra dollars out of it. Should we move into the next game, Chiso? Absolutely. All right, so we've got Carlton versus Swans. Uh, no real major ins on the Carlton side. Um, Charlie Kerno is out with that injury. On the Swan side, again, no major, I guess, super coach impacts. Um, I think in this game, Heaney has to be where everyone's looking. He's named in the center opposite Cripps. Hopefully, he actually plays there. And I think if you traded him, it's probably too late now because you, you most likely trade him to Tim Kelly. So, got a good score and possibly an injury but if you haven't traded him to this point I still don't think I would be trading him one because you haven't you you didn't get Tim Kelly so now the options are significantly worse and again it's Heaney he's averaged 97 the past two seasons Swans have started poorly before and bounced back here not that he's going to definitely play in the center but it is a good sign that at least his name there and if Swans are going to have to win, he's going to have to step up. And it's Heaney? I don't, it's, it's, it's weird, Chizo, because like all, for all the reasons why I'm saying you should keep him, the reasons to get rid of him are, oh, he's playing injured. But that isn't necessarily true after an eight-day break. Like we'll, we'll see. If he's good to go, he might just be good to go. What if he comes out here and scores 100? Then we're never going to talk about this again. Yeah. I mean, he's been traded out of 20,000 teams so that's 10 percent, 10.8 percent of the competition traded him out this week um and the majority of of coaches went to kelly rockliffe boke and warple um a few went down to moore and parker so uh, a couple cash um grabs there which i'm not a super fan of because you're only a lot of people are saying you're banking cash but you're really just getting back the money that you had to begin with you're not making anything you're just exchanging it for what you you have in your outlay so um i kind of don't see that as a a a great move i'd be trying to for those that did move him on to Kelly or someone like that, there's fingers crossed that um, he comes out the other side pistol. There's not a, a whole lot of super coach relevance with this game, so we might as well uh, jump into the next one. We've got the Giants and Richmond. Josh Kelly back for his first game of the season. Pistol, you're going to be happy with that one. Shane Mumford also back in for his first AFL game in a while. Tommy Sheridan also in for Lockie Keefe, Brett Delidio, and Dawson Simpson. On the Richmond side of things, Ryan Garthwaite, Noah Bolter, and Sydney Stack. Out goes Maverick Weller, Dylan Grimes, and Jack Rewalt. We've got a whole bunch of new guys on the Richmond side pistol, but how many weeks they're going to last is the question we're all asking ourselves. And how many points are they going to score? Because if Bolter comes in and scores 20 points, I'm still not going to be that 
happy that he's back <laughs> in the side. I think that's almost irrelevant at this stage. Um, unfortunately, he has to come in against, I was going to say difficult opposition, but then I just realized that last time he played, it was against Carlton and the opposition really didn't matter. So um, <laughs> let's just hope he does better than last time and can actually hold a spot. It's a little frustrating that he's not replacing someone down back where I think his job security may have been a little bit better. If he performed, maybe he could, you know, help fill in in the Rance role um, in the future. But yeah, he's obviously uh, filling in for Jack Raywalt at this stage. So we'll see how he goes. Hopefully he can kick a few snags and um, get, on the st- get on the board. Um, Josh Kelly is a most interesting one because you'd assume that he's going to get attention from now on instead of uh, Canelio. So uh, that's a big bonus to Canelio owners. And Mumford as well is a quality ruckman. So I think they're going to be um, on the end of a couple more hitouts. Um, so yeah, I'm looking looking forward to this match. That's for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how Dusty responds after a few weeks um, in the media and particularly with Supercoach is not really happy with his performance. So um Hopefully he goes well with a a stacked Richmond midfield. Yeah, I, I like Sydney the pun. Stacked. Like the pun, but I'm not <laughs> not all all there for it. <laughs> all right, well we'll quickly move on to the lines and, and, and power, mate. Take we'll us quickly that. ignore the pun and move on. <laughs> um, Brisbane Lions versus Port Adelaide, an easy one. Brisbane, no change, can't change a winning winning formula, and the power have a big inclusion. Ollie Wines comes in, and what effects will that have on Rockcliffe, on, I guess, Boke, Ebert? Who knows? I guess we'll wait and see exactly how it's going to affect them. But this game, Cheese, I think you, you... Are you kind of... You mentioned it on the Monday podcast. Are you kind of expecting Rockcliffe to get some attention from his former teammates? I think that that would be silly not to when you see him in this form. Um, the interesting thing was that a, a second gamer in Whitfield who's never tagged in his life, was able to successfully tag him last week. So I don't really know what to make of that. I think it's important to know that uh, you know Mitch Robinson um, has successfully done run-with roles in the past, and I think he's the kind of bloke that would just absolutely love the opportunity to tag Tommy Rockley <laughs> or give him attention. And particularly against... Um, you know his old side. I, I, they they do tend to put a little bit more attention on the guys that have uh, um, moved to a different club. So that that's not surprising. The Ollie Wines inclusion. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I saw it on social media. I think Tom Rockliffe said that uh, it shouldn't affect his role too much, uh, except he might see himself out on um, a wing a little bit more outside of a, a repeat stoppage as opposed to a centre bounce because I think he's leading the um, uh, the power for centre bounce attendances in 2019. So um, that may or may not have an effect. It's only going to be a wait and see. I'm certainly not going to be letting that impact my um, thoughts on whether I should be trading him in or out. The question um, that we'd all been asking was whether all of these rookies were going to hold their spot. And again, they have. Uh, we've got uh, Todd Marshall omitted, uh, Carl Amon injured, which is actually a, uh, more important than we realised because I think he was um, probably one of the guys that were competing with the likes of uh, maybe a Dersmer or Butters. Um, and obviously Jack Watts injured, injured doesn't make too much of a difference. Um, but it's good to see that they're, they're all still getting game time. So if you missed one of them, it might be uh, a, a good choice to, to try and jump on. Uh, no change for the Lions after they've been um, uh, going good guns so far in 2019. Pistol, they've been in, on fire. Yeah, I was going to put you on the spot and just ask, who do you actually think is going to win this match? Um, I think the Lions are in good form 
and the fact that they'll be at home on a bit of a run. Uh, Are they both in good form? <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I do like the Lions. Um, I think that um, Port have the ability to be in really good form and then um, drop a game out of nowhere. I think we've seen that in the past. So uh, potentially that. Uh, but law of averages, the Lions winning two games in a row, it's going to be uh, unlikely to get three in a row to start a season, even though they are up and coming. You could almost say the same thing about power. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Let's uh, let's move on to the next game, Collingwood versus West Coast. We have Taylor Adams returning um, just for Varco. And on the West Coast Eagles side, it's Andrew Gaff returning. So two big guns coming right in, as well as Jamie Cripps, um, who comes in, and Josh Rotham as well, another rookie for us to look at. Um, Duggan Venables and Joel Smith go out. Now, a couple of things to touch on. One, Jamie Cripps is in, and Petrocelli is holding his spot. So I think people are concerned um, that... He might lose his spot. Um, maybe Rioli, when he's back in about five weeks, could put some pressure on Petrocelli. But at the moment, um, his job security looks very good, I'd say, Chizo. Um Andrew Gaff coming in as well. How is that going to affect their on-board brigade? Um, straight away, we are going to be watching this game to see if it has at all any effect on Dom Sheet. I think that's probably the biggest question um i can't imagine it would have too much of an effect different types of players but um we'll, we'll wait and see and watch on that one and uh with the taylor adams inclusion he did say on the radio i think he was going to be playing in the midfield and a bit forward which was a bit strange because um, i can't really see that happening so yeah we'll, we'll see how that affects the other collingwood midfielders um such as trelaw who has had a brilliant start to the season chiso well you're more likely to have adams play through the midfield than you are going to have Dane Beams. That's what um, I thought. I was very yeah, surprised. Yeah, like, like, obviously, Dane Beams is a bona fide superstar in the midfield, but he is terri- terrifying to, to match up one-on-one in the forward line. He can take a grab. He can kick a goal. Whereas I don't think I've ever seen that with Taylor Adams. I think they've seen we've seen him being trialled across half-back, but his kicking efficiency is so poor that he's really not any influence there compared to someone else. So... The obvious choice would be running through the midfield as a, a clearance specialist more than anything else. So um, the fact that they uh, maybe they're resting him across half forward, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, with in regards to Dom Sheed and Andrew Gaff, I think probably Andrew Gaff will play more of a. He's always been an outside game, but I think he will play more specifically a wing role, um, just as they getting back into it. Um, I don't know, maybe there's going to be a little uh, few nerves or something, particularly coming up against a team that he missed the grand final playing against. bit of banter or something there amongst the boys, who knows? Uh, but I think that the Dom Sheet will keep his role uh, running through the midfield for the majority of the game, their pistol. And as you say with uh, Petrocelli, I think Willy Rioli, when he's back, that's going to be the real test about whether he's going to keep his spot because then they'll have Liam Ryan, Jamie Cripps and Willy Rioli uh, potentially in that forward line. So... Uh, whether he'll keep his spot is that uh, is interesting, but as you say, um, it's I think he's quoted as four to six weeks somewhere in that range. Um, so with Petrocelli Cherry scoring in the fifties, he's probably made most of his cash by that time anyway. So even yep. if he does get kicked out, it's not a really big drama. No, that's exactly right. Uh, how about you take us through the next game? We should also mention um, Josh Rotham is debuting, so another rookie to keep an eye on. Uh, Western Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Suns. Scarily, Pistol, scarily, Jordan Sweet, our captaincy loophole at R3 for the year, is named on an extended bench. Named first on the extended bench, just to... uh, Bevo couldn't do this, could he? 
he he he, no. he could not. He couldn't. He he, he couldn't. won't. It's 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 not going to happen. There's okay, no way. Okay. Just want to put it out there. Just put it out there. No. Um, if you've got McRae, the obvious choice would just be to swap the C over to McRae because uh, they obviously play the same game. So if he does get named, that's a that's an option. Um, or even if he's a late in, if he's not named, uh, Bailey Williams comes in, Fergus Green and Patrick Lipinski all come in. There is no confirmed outs at this stage. Obviously, um, extended benches on the Suns. We've got Will Brody, Sam Day, Brad Shear, and Aaron Young. Um, again, extended benches there. So um, one to keep an eye on. And I, I think it's probably safe to say that McLean, uh, sorry, McRae is going to have a, a field day in this one. Well, I hope he doesn't get tagged um, by Bose, who's been doing run with roles lately. I, I can't, I don't think that's going to be the matchup. I feel like Bose might go to Bont um, a little bit, you know, uh, bigger body on bigger body. But Cheezer, just to quickly touch on your Jordan Sweet concern, I think um, Trango have rolled his ankle in the, the VFL and must not have pulled up um, in time for this match. So I don't really expect Sweet to play, um, but I can see why it would be uh, somewhat concerning for for owners um yeah pretty much anything panicking. else i'm panicking yeah, man there's no there's no way there's no no reason to panic. <laughs> oh, it's it's, it's interesting good. jack bowes has spent two years unable to get more than 10 possessions in a mash and as soon as he starts tagging the stars of the competition he's averaging 30 touches like <laughs> uh it just goes to so it goes to show you, don't worry about what's happening in the game just follow the good players and you'll be able to find the ball that that was my strategy in uh, in local footy too pistol so follow the good players and they'll lead you to the ball all right that will um, work <laughs> are you playing sam collins on field this week is another question uh i don't have sam collins so i'm probably not playing him but if i did have him uh this is this would be a matchup i wouldn't mind playing him i think um yeah i, I guess it there's it's going to be hard to predict if it's worthwhile playing him but i feel like if he's playing on norton who's not the most experienced of forwards this wouldn't be the worst matchup uh, possible. Yeah, a lot of coaches hoping hoping that their trading out of Josh Dunkley doesn't backfire. And uh, Jack Lacocious is uh, more than likely going to join one of the elusive clubs of losing a, a, a price drop uh, with their first price change when they enter the AFL. So that that's exciting. You always want to be part of one of those uh, those clubs. Um, <laughs> we'll go to the next Downgrade game. option next week, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Coming weeks. Hawthorne and North Melbourne. Um, let's just go through that one, mate. We've got some changes on both sides. We have Wingard coming in for Hawks, which is probably the most important uh, change. We've got Liam Shields going out, Burgoyne going out, amongst about five players added to the extended bench. On north side, you've got Jed Anderson, Trent Dumont, Paula Hearn. This isn't sounding great. Uh, <laughs> Sam Wright, Mason Wood all coming in, just Marley Williams out. There's a whole bunch of people on the extended bench for North Melbourne, but Bailey Scott is not one of them, Cheezo. Named straight on the wing. What do you make of his chances starting in this match and playing? But just remember that it is very, very uncommon, but it has happened before that someone named on field is removed um, during the final you know, changes to the team. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Anderson, DeMont, Ahern, Wright and Wood, they're five um, best 22 um, well, arguably, all of them are best twenty-two players. So there's going to be some. Um, there's going to be some in. big changes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's there's definitely going to be someone um, losing their place. Marley Williams out injured, so um, 
you'd probably think that Sam Wright would take that position, being a, more of a uh, kind of a back pocket defender kind of player. Uh, Bailey Scott named on the wing, which is good. He can't really blame Gastro on his entire performance last week, but it would obviously contribute to um, his um, lack of performance, which was interesting because his first um, quarter was really good. So um, that that's just important to keep in mind. Taran Thomas getting his second game by the looks of things, names on the half forward as well. So uh, maybe not all of them coming in pistol, but being named on the extended bench um, means that at the least there will be some changes. Um, there's been a lot of people trading out Bailey Scott because um, supposedly his cash generation has uh, been completely stunted. Well, if he's playing, you don't trade him out. I think the assumption was he's dropped and he had scored 24. So when he does come back, it's going to be a very slow growth. But if he gets named tomorrow, check the teams, uh, 5.15. And if he's in there, you have to keep him. Yeah. Um, talk to me about what your thoughts are with Chad Wingard in relation to James Cousins and um, Warple. James Warple. Yeah, that's it. I think it's good timing for Wingard to come back. Shields obviously out injured, as is Burgoyne. You'd expect Wingard to be playing more forward, um, kind of how Burgoyne's been playing in the last couple of matches. But really, Cousins is not going anywhere from that midfield, nor is Warple. Um, they're both key at the moment for them, along with O'Meara. It's interesting because I feel like they're one midfielder short, the Hawks. So um, Scully's still coming up to speed as well. Like he's still getting match fitness. So yeah, but it's they're, they're, it's quite thin, isn't it? It's incredibly thin. So I just I just wonder how they're going to go about this game because I mean North Melbourne have a lot of players that can run through the midfield. So uh, yeah, this will be a very interesting matchup. I'm. Uh, I'm not quite sure how this is going to going to work out for the for Hawks. Well, I think uh, the easy thing to do would be to have Wingard um, playing a little bit more forward just to get back up to speed. Uh, it probably leaves Cousins and Warple to continue the role that they've had even a little more with the likes of Burgoyne um, and Shields out injured. So um, I don't have um, massive concerns. Jack Scrimshaw named on the interchange, but after his game last week shouldn't be uh, at any risk of losing his spot pistol. So that pretty much wraps up that game. Um, or LDU named in the guts as well, which is good for those um, owners. The Dockers and the Saints, uh, only one confirmed uh, out for either side. That is Jack Stephen, who's been managed. In for the Saints, we have Hunter Clark, Ben Long, Brandon White, Ben Patton, and Dara Joyce. And on the Dockers side of things, we've got Mitchell Croden, Stefan Giro, Brandon Matera, and Taylor Dumont, um, which I believe were all on the extended benches um, last week. Uh, pistol, so uh, potentially the Dockers going in um, virtually unchanged. Going to be an interesting one, Pistol, because we saw Jack Steele do a run with roll last week, and what effect that um, he might have on Nat Fife this week. It's, I think Nat Fife's just going to be too good. I know Steele is a good player himself, but this is uh, Nat Fife we're talking about. It's a different kettle of fish than anyone else Jack Steele's really had to go to. And I don't think he is able to be stopped. And this is a game where I see uh, yeah, Fremantle running over the top of Saints, especially at home. Um, geez, I did want to say Jack Steven is managed. So I'm assuming from those people that were named, it's more likely someone like Hunter Clark comes in. I, I did notice Callum Wilkie was named on the extended interchange. For people that own him, would you be a little bit concerned about him holding his spot? I would be a little bit concerned, but um, he didn't play a terrible game last week. 
Um, uh, particularly coming off uh, come off a, a win against the Bombers as well, you'd e- expect them not to make too many radical changes, especially in a game against the Dockers that they you know perceivably think that they can win. Um, I, I agree that Hunter Clark is the obvious choice to come through, but Richo at the moment has not really giving us any obvious choices. Uh, he's not really following conventional wisdom is the best way that I can put it. Um, so we do have to wait for teams tomorrow. I'm really not going to stick my neck out and try and predict what's going to happen. Uh, another good thing that, that that we do see is Rowan Marshall is in the uh, the ruck line. I really liked what he uh, put forward last week. He's he, just a real competitor, mate. <laughs> I really need longer to just be named but then put as an emergency just so that I know for a fact that Rowan is the you know number one ruck because it just doesn't sit right that this key forward is now the number one ruck of St Kilda because he scores like an absolute beast when he plays. So I'd rather know sooner uh, rather than later. But um, besides that, Matty Parker is playing his third game, named half-forward flank. Uh, if you can field him, if you have three forward rookie swats, I'd say he's comfortably the third best. Even possibly, would you play Parker or, or Setterfield this week? I think Parker... Has shown that he has made he's made such an impact in his first two weeks. I mean, he had a modest JLT, and he's just hit the ground running in in the AFL. The important thing that I liked last week is that he only had one goal. Like he's not relying on two, three, four goals for him to 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 average in the eighties from both games. So um, I do like the fact that he can do it just through his pressure and his attack on the ball carrier, which is is good for his super coach potential. Um, with Setterfield, we did see that last week when he was tagging Rocky, he was sacrificing his own game um, to try and stop, uh, stop uh, Rocky. So that's the concerning thing for me, that if they do something similar um, this week, he may not be uh, in a big scoring potential. And, and when he's playing in that, that forward, half-forward role, he, his job security is fine, but he doesn't have that potential to go 80, 90-plus because Carlton's just not giving him uh, the entries uh, to, for him to be able to do that. He's, he's winning his points through um, contested possessions around um, stoppages and stuff like that in the forward half. So I, I think that Matt Parker, not only is his form better, but... Um, I, I just think that his role is slightly better than what Setterfield's is. So for that reason, um, I've got uh, Parker on field over Setterfield this week. But as we know, we can be easily wrong with stuff like that. You can't really <laughs> predict it as, as best as possible. Just cover all your bases, Cheezo. Exactly fine. right. I'm going Parker over Setterfield, but don't at me when I'm wrong. <laughs> so I think the one of the biggest questions, especially after tonight's game, if you did VC Dangerfield would you be taking that VC score? And if you wouldn't, which captaincy options are you looking at? And perhaps if you missed, uh, if you didn't put the VC on danger, which uh, other options would you be looking at this week? So kind of three questions all rolled into one there. Sure. So he's finished on 128, which on any regular um, night, you would say is a, a really good VC option. And I know JB is a huge um, supporter of anything above 120 you just take. Um, so I'll just try and explain two sides of the coin here. Danger's in 72% of the competition, and being the first game of the round, there's a huge possibility that the majority of that uh, percentage is going to have the VC on him. So if you take that VC, you're safely um, within the crowd of um, what people are taking for their captaincy score. On the flip side of that, if you take a McRae against Gold Coast, who... 
uh, is coming off the back of a mid-140s in the JLT and I think previously 189 against them last year. And because he's more unique, you take him as your captaincy option, you get that leg up on uh, of 50, 60 points on everyone else in the competition that has gone with danger. So they're the two sides of the coin. I think at the moment right now, I'm still leaning towards going danger, but I wouldn't be surprised if three, four, five of our big premiums that people have outscore him. It's just the safe option because when you get stuck with a 90 captaincy score, it just ruins your week. <laughs> You're telling me I have yet to pick a good captain uh, this season. So... <laughs> I am tempted by Dangerfield, but I am thinking at this stage I might roll the dice on McRae. It's just his last couple of matches against him have been massive. His last matches at the at Marvel Stadium have been huge. Yeah, it's it's adding up to looking like a big score. But there are a lot of good captaincy options, I think, as well, Chizo, this week. Um, Gorn uh, against uh, Bell Chambers is probably a decent shout. You've got Cripps at home against the Swans, who aren't in great form. Um, looking like he could be someone. Fife, as we just talked about as well, uh, looks like a good captaincy option. Um, even Neil at home against Port looks like a solid option. There's just pretty much one in every single game. It looks like you could not... It's just a massive gamble. You could you could pick any one of those, and they might all beat Dangerfield. Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's going to be a number of them that do... Uh, beat Danger this week. I, I, I think McRae is the obvious choice. I think Fife is going to um, quite easily get to there uh, as well. And I really like the look of... I think Lockie Neal's been playing fantastic this week. So he he probably doesn't have the ceiling um, of some of the other guys, but I think he's um, going to put up a, a 130 or, or thereabouts again because he's been going fantastic. So um, it definitely poses the question. I think the obvious choice is just to take it because it's the, the safe option. Um, and in, you're taking a big risk for only, you know, maybe 10 points. You know, uh, maybe McRae gets a 140. You've really only made 10 points out of it. So um, that that's uh, what I'd probably recommend. But if anyone there uh, likes a little bit of risk, then um, I can see some merit in going with either one of those, Pistol. What do you think? <laughs> I think we've, we've, we've kind of circled back on this, Chizo. So let's move on yeah. to uh, where you can find us. Yeah, so during the week, if you do want to find us, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, cheese over the Z underscore DRSC, JB underscore DRSC, and Pistol underscore DRSC. If you want to find um, our main uh, Twitter to get all the up-to-date news as soon as we get everything, we um, put um, it out for you to follow. Uh, that's Dr underscore SC as well. And uh, if you do enjoy the content, guys, uh, please consider um, joining up to the Patreon um, and becoming part of the Slack channel, getting in on some prizes and uh, some behind-the-scenes content or leaving a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you do listen to because it really does help us get our uh, our content out there and um, letting more people hear our voices. So, uh, Pistol, I, I think this week uh, the, uh, the Herald Sun article is on me, isn't it? I think I have got no idea what I'm writing yet. Well, we'll wait and see. I might, I might be writing Tim Kelly um, it's true. replacement option. We'll, we'll wait and see how the news goes. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, yeah. But, but we we'll, uh, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure you also um, consider donating to the County Council um, on our behalf. And if you do make a mistake, I'll tell everyone a reminder to put the emergency on your bench players. <laughs> Too many people have had to donate for donuts in the first couple of weeks just for that one mistake. So put the emergencies on, and if you mess it up, 
you know where to find us. Donate for donuts. Unfortunately, there's a, f- a few people out there that um, have been using Zach's, uh, Zach Clark as their, their loophole and um, he's just been named. So uh, there's going to be some difficulty grabbing some uh, Paddy Dangerfield VCs, I hear. I think we should expand the donate to donuts too. Like <laughs> donate for if you accidentally put Do your captain really on... Do something really stupid. <laughs> put, put your captain on somebody who is like not usually playing and you just didn't realize that they're in the side for that week. So a rookie that just like hasn't played before, like Zach Clark, and you just weren't paying attention um, and make him your captain instead. I'm sure that's going to happen to somebody who didn't realize. So uh, yeah, donate for that. I don't even know what the name is for that one. Maybe my uh, donation this year should just be a weekly punishment for starting Toby Green. (laughs) I should just just every every week just put 10 bucks in because I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, something like that wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't go astray, Chiso. <laughs> All right, Pistol, that pretty much wraps up the uh, Lockout Podcast. Fantastic to have you on. Community, have a fantastic round three. I hope all things go well for you and trades work out. We'll talk to you at the uh, end of the conclusion of round three with the uh, round recap podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>